You've heard the expression, opposites attract. Well, ordinarily, it's fun exploring some of the ways that my wife and I have different personalities and tastes. Usually, I'm intrigued and attracted to the ways in which she is not like me. I'll give you some examples coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. This is the show dedicated to spiritual direction. Our spiritual directors are here to provide you with a bit of inspiration and encouragement for living out your faith this day. I'm Patrick Conley. My wife and I celebrate our 24th wedding anniversary next week, and I must say it's been quite an adventure. Not just in all the different twists and turns the Lord has led us on throughout this nearly quarter century, but also continuing to get to know one another and still, still occasionally being surprised at the other's personalities and tastes in different situations. Uh, Some of the classic differences between us, she's a pretty profound introvert. I'm just as much, if not more, of an extrovert. I'm a night person, just coming alive around 8 p.m., which is when she, by nature a morning person, is usually heading to bed. She likes sweet things, whereas I prefer salty and savory snacks. Any given evening, she might go out to get some gummies or licorice and offer me some, but I'll say, you know, I think I'll make some popcorn. As I said, I think that each of us have come to an appreciation of these differences. Speaking for myself, her uniqueness in all of the ways that she's different from me is something that I find attractive. What's more, I've seen similar differences adding spice to many marriages that I've observed. But what about when differences aren't attractive, but they begin to be repulsive? What if sin is involved? Conflict and arguments happen in any marriage, but what about when conflicts arise that start to threaten the integrity of the relationship? What do you do then? Our topic for today is navigating conflict in marriage. Let's say hello to our spiritual director for the hour. Today, we welcome back Father Alan Hoffa. Father Hoffa is the pastor of Holy Guardian Angels Parish in Reading, Pennsylvania. Welcome back, Father. Thanks for being with us. Patrick, thank you so much for having me back again. It's really great to be with you. Great to be with you, too. Well, maybe we should start, Father, with some of the ingredients in your experience that make for a good marriage. What have you observed, Father? You know, it's a blessing. I've been a priest for 14 years now and had none, uh, a t- I have, have had a ton of marriages that I've uh, prepped couples for. Uh, for three years, I was the chaplain on a college campus. And so there were a lot of marriages coming in from alumni and stuff like that. And it, it's interesting over those 14 years, the themes continue to remain the same. And one of the big things is that our faith offers such a great groundwork for what is so important. And three words that just came to my mind as I was reflecting and praying about today was intimacy, sacrifice, and prayer. Okay. And I would hold that if a couple is really focusing in on developing the depth in those three areas, it's going to be an absolute, absolutely beautiful marriage. Hmm. However, I've also found on the other side is that when those three things are lacking, then you're heading down the pathway towards trouble. All right. I, I mean, it sounds sounds great. Should we go into each of those a little bit too? I mean, let's let let's get after it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, intimacy. What are you talking about there? Well, you know, I, I always remember. You know, the, these, there's little things in our lives that stick out. And I can remember being in the seminary and the priest who was teaching us pastoral psychology, and he simply just broke down 
the word intimacy, that intimacy is into me see. It's the mm. uh, allowance, it's the vulnerability to let someone else see into you to the depth of who you are. And one of the things I always talk to my couples about is the moment that you start with that first thing in your mind that you say, oh, I'm not going to tell my spouse about that, or they can't know about that part of me. You're starting a pathway that is problematic because mm -hmm. if we are going to, in marriage, it's called to be that complete self-gift to the other, it has to be complete. And so therefore, I'm letting you see all of me. And that means that the other person is loving and accepting all of the wonderful things, but also the challenges and struggles that we have. Yeah. But it's the fact that at, at any moment I can see into you, you can see into me, and that mutual exchange of in-depth sight, of in-depth knowledge, there, there's a trust that's involved in that. And there's a beauty that's involved in that because, again, all of this marriage language, it's going to come out multiple times throughout our talk today, but it is the complete reflection of Christ in the church. All that nuptial language is there, and it's absolutely beautiful. And so the same thing goes for that aspect of intimacy. Christ lets us see into himself. He, you know, that, that beautiful open wound, you know, poured forth blood and water, uh, the sacraments of the church. He's given us everything. He's let us see into the beauty of, of, the, of this divine life that he wants with us. Oh. And the same thing for husband and wife to be able to see into each other completely. That is what intimacy is all about. It's not just a physical connectedness that so often the world the world relegates that term for. Right, right. That's what I suspected, of course, um, when, you, when you mentioned intimacy. And I got to say, I love that analogy. And here's what I'm going to be chewing on um, just with that open wound in the side of Jesus himself that we can see straight into his heart and, and just how we mm -hmm. see, you know, and, and this is, you know, uh, it's the wound is literally there as we know from, uh, from the gospels. But, uh, but, you know, we see metaphorically into everything that he is loving and uh, how, how we might enter in more deeply. So I love that analogy as a way of, of, of really, you know, summing up intimacy and what it means. Now, let me follow mm -hmm. up before we move on with intimacy you know, a lot of us um, certainly have this have this maybe trepidation, this fear of if we tell somebody, even the person that we are dedicated to as our spouse, if we tell them about something that's going on in our hearts, we're we're perhaps f afraid of rejection, of uh, you know that the other person may be scandalized, that it will somehow tear apart the relationship. What would you say, or how do you counsel people to go ahead and give that vulnerability a try? You know, it, it likens um, with so many different things that I do in my priestly work and just taking, going back a few years to even from young couples, when I talk to parents a lot of times about their children, uh, especially with a healthy development of human sexuality, oftentimes people talk about like the birds and the bees and yeah. they get into this whole um, thing of the talk and it's this one time if it's done well, if it's done at all. But what I tell parents is, is, listen, it has to be a conversation and it has to be a conversation from a young, a young age where there's a, appropriate levels of discussion, but also that there's a comfortability that builds up over time. Well, the same thing goes with a married couple. Yeah, if you're going to come and you're going to drop this massive bomb on your spouse 
uh, because you don't communicate well because there hasn't been this gradual buildup in the relationship. Uh, again, go back to working with high school kids. I would say them, you know, if I ever had a chance to write a book, it's going to be Father Hoffa's, you know, 10 ways to a successful relationship. And it's mm -hmm. the fact that you have to be friends with a person for at least six months before there's any type of serious exclusiveness because so much of it, of our world today, attraction is and connectivity is based on physical aspects versus connectedness of heart and soul. And so the the dialogue and the building up of relationship for a husband and wife over the course of time, it becomes so natural. But when we get into those inhibitions about talking to my spouse about something that's hard, that speaks to a greater reality of some piece that's been missing along the way of development of the communicative relationship between the two of them. Uh -huh. And so that is one of those things where when we see these different things that pop up, we got to take some steps back. And we got to see what is at the root of my inability to speak to the person who I love most in this world and who is supposed to love me most in this world. Why can't I just talk to them? And we will find out a lot of what's going on there if we take that look back and say, okay, here's where something wasn't right in the development of this aspect of our relationship. Let's go back and work on that. And then we're going to get into this is exactly what marriage should look like versus the rockiness that we had. Yeah. Yeah. And I can even see one of the things that occurs to me, Father, is that uh, if we're holding something back, if there's something that we, we just cannot or do not want to share with our spouse, that uh, that in and of itself can start to foster, uh, I guess, a bit of an aversion to uh, to being vulnerable, but um, it can start to say, well, this person you almost start to assume, I suppose, that this this person's going to reject me if if she or if he really knew everything about me, some of the things that I've done, some of the things that I think, you know, whatever it is that that that, you know, you start becoming you start becoming a kind of pushing this other person away without even recognizing it, which then when it gets to the extreme, I suppose, can manifest itself and say, I don't I don't want to be with this person anymore. And that's why it's so important that we have that, especially the marital relationship needs to be seen as something that is not just uh, earthly. And one of the most beautiful moments is sitting with couples, especially as to preparing for marriage, but also to remind them when hard times hit the ultimate goal. I sit with my couples. I say, OK, so what is the ultimate goal of all of this? Why are you getting married? What is What do you want to accomplish here? And they mm -hmm. talk about all these wonderful things and it's absolutely beautiful, but when you share with them the fact that the goal of all of this is to get your spouse to heaven and mm -hmm. that they're working to get you to heaven, it takes on a completely different context because now you're not just trying to, uh, you're not just trying to suffice an earthly contract. You're trying to engage and to accomplish a divine commission and that take that means that that relationship is different and when we use all of these earthly these earthly determinants for you know that couples use to be able to say well i can't tell my spouse this because of this is how the world would react okay but how about we take a look at how God's going right. How is this going to affect their salvation? How is this going to affect your salvation? 
And then it takes it to a higher level that, you know what, that means more to me than anything else. So I need to push through this. I need to gain the confidence. I need to look at the tact of how I'm going to speak to my spouse about this. And then I need to, I need to go after it. Yeah. Oh, very good. Our spiritual director, Daddy Father, Alan Hoffa, we're talking about navigating conflict in marriage. How have you navigated conflict in marriage? What are some steps you and your spouse take to find healing, to work through a conflict in marriage? How maybe specifically have you been open and vulnerable with your spouse? Give us a call and join the conversation. Our toll-free studio line is 888-914-9149, and that is sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Give us a call at 888-914-9149. You can also send us an email at innerlife at relevantradio.com. And as always, you are always uh, you are always free to remain anonymous if you so wish. Well, um, some great conversation about intimacy, and I love, the again, the insight that if we, instead of saying that the world would react this way, Father, you're saying that, um, well, let's let's think about how God will react. God who, yes, he knows these things already, but yet he still he still calls us to um to to talk to him about it. And if we're to be if we're to be Christ to one another, especially in the context of marriage, it seems to seems to me that 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 could be a, an opening that maybe people will take and be vulnerable with another. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so intimacy, sacrifice was the next thing on your list. Can we talk a little bit about that? What what are we thinking of when we talk about sacrifice in a marriage relationship? You know, it's interesting. People throughout their life, they have had different experiences with sacrifice. Some people really haven't had to make sacrifices. Other people who have had to make sacrifices uh, understand its value, understand its effect. And actually, people who have had to make sacrifices in life I believe personally that they make for a be- better relationships because they understand what it's what it means to put your personal wants aside for the good of someone else, something else. And you know, when I speak to my married or couples at their weddings, a lot of times what I do is I talk to them about those levels of love and that the ultimate form of love that is found in marriage is a sacrifice. And I ask them, you know, Agape, are you willing to die for the other person? And they look and they say yes. And I remind them that we don't have the far, we don't have too far to look for that, of a reminder of what that looks like in our faith, because it's the cross, it's the crucifix, yeah. it's Jesus. And you know, right there in that moment, it wasn't about him; it was all about us, and it was that complete self gift. And so often, when when I a couple comes and they're struggling, I'm like, "How's how's your life of sacrifice going?" Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes you might find that it's lopsided. One person, you know, finds themselves sacrificing all the time, and the other person's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'll make a sacrifice here and there," and then they equate it. You know, the person who's sacrificing twenty four seven, the other person is saying, "Oh, I've made I've made a few sacrifices," and they, they think that that's equal. But the person who really understands sacrifice and is immersed. In that that spouse they're like no it's not because you're only doing this occasionally where i'm all in in this and it, when you are all in and the mutual exchange is happening you don't even notice that you're doing it because it's just a part of your life it's the it's the part of your love this is the way in which you're loving each and every day and so a lot of times when couples come with these struggles uh, say how is how sacrifice going in your marriage 
And a lot of times you'll find that there's some type of imbalance, uh, either with one person or the other. And sometimes it's just an opportunity to go into a deeper depth that they didn't know that they were capable of in terms of sacrifice. Sometimes they just need to gain a different perspective. Sometimes it goes back to family of origin uh, and what they thought sacrifice was versus what it really is. So a lot of it comes to those individual relationships. But again, in our faith, it all comes back to the cross. If you're not willing to put your life on the line, and a lot of times that also takes a humbling moment where we have to let Jesus lead. And, you know, the the phrase that comes to my mind is, I must decrease so that he may increase. Mm. And so if I want to be a a man or a woman of sacrifice for my spouse, and I think that I have this all figured out when it's showing that I don't, guess what? I need to take a step back. I need to decrease my conviction about this understanding of sacrifice. And I need to let Jesus come in and guide me and show me uh, because it's always going to lead to the cross and it's going to lead to deep love to the fact of I'm willing to die for you. And again, it's not about a person dying inside because that's a whole nother segment we can talk about uh, the distinction I make with between sacrifice and suicide, um, you know, and not physical suicide, but more of interdeath. Uh, it's not about that. It's about sacrifice. It's about putting ourselves out there in such a way that it's a loving self gift and putting ourselves aside for the good of the other. And that's, that's beautiful. Now it is beautiful. And I just want to clarify now. I mean, you, you mentioned a number of times, you know, need to need to give up of our lives, you know, that sort of thing. But I'm guessing that you're not just talking about, you know, if, if uh, somebody was threatening my spouse, then I would, you know, jump in the way of a bullet or something like that. But you're talking, which, which uh, obviously that'd be great, but, you know, uh, you're talking more about the day-to-day, putting my interests aside, putting my spouse's interests above my own, um, knowing that if I, if I give up my time, uh, whatever it is, watching football or, you know, surfing social media or playing a game or something like that in order to right. do the dishes or... Uh, do the laundry or something like that, that as an expression well, of even, love, it, right? It, it's even the thing of like, hey, you're happening to go past the, uh, you're have to go past the grocery store yeah. and it rings in your mind. You know what? When I get home tonight and I'm sitting back as the example you gave as the segment was starting and you're like, I, there's plenty of popcorn. I'm going to have the salty, but you know what? Last night, I remember my wife, she, all that licorice, it was gone. So I better stop and get something sweet there for you her go. because I love her because I know that that's going to be something good versus, you know what? I'm tired. What I have is at home. That's all I need. See ya. I'm, I'm heading straight for home. It's that, it's, it, it's also about mindset. It's how do I use my time, my resources, my energy, every aspect of what I have of, of giving that truly is a gift. And it's seen in different ways. And it's also important for both spouses to understand that 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 level of gift, uh, the amount of sacrifice that is involved. And not it's not like a race for, you know, outdoing one another. Sure. But it truly is just a, 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 that there's a, a mutual self-giving. And if, if there is one word that continually comes up more and more, you know, as I speak to couples, it's that word mutual. It's them understanding the mutual exchange between persons. And when one person is off in their understanding of what that means or what that looks like, or they are convinced that their mutual is equal or complementary to the other person's mutual when it's really not, that's where we need to get into some tough conversations to sort of get that person to where they need to be. But if there's not a willingness to get there, it's not going to happen. Okay. 
Wow. Well, uh, this is off to a great conversational start here, Father. We're so grateful for that. Father Alan Hoffa is our spiritual director today, pastor of Holy Guardian Angels Parish in Reading, Pennsylvania. We're talking about navigating the conflict in marriage. If you have navigated conflicts well in your marriage and you have some tips to share, we welcome your call. If you uh, have some questions about, well, I'm in this specific situation and I need some advice, then give us a call, 888-914-9149, or email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Just a reminder that today the U.S. bishops and heads of churches in the Holy Land have invited you and all people to a day of prayer and fasting today, Tuesday, October 17th, for peace in the Holy Land. Hope you can engage with that. We're going to come back with more in the inner life and more with Father Alan Hoffa right after this. Stay with us. If you are in the market for health insurance, our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help you and your family find the most cost-effective health plan. Learn more at relevantradio.com slash forester. Love and marriage, love and marriage go together like a horse. And we are indeed talking about love and marriage today, specifically navigating the conflict in marriage with our spiritual director, Father Alan Hoffa. I'm Patrick Conley. And hey, I'm hoping you can join me and our whole Relevant Rio team as we'll be live in Indianapolis at the National Eucharistic Congress next summer. Don't let that fall off your radar because Relevant Radio is offering an easy, family-friendly travel experience thanks to Nativity Pilgrimage. So let's all show up for Jesus together. You can find more information about travel packages at relevantradio.com slash encounter. That's relevantradio.com slash encounter. Well, Father, some great things about intimacy that you shared in the first segment there and sacrifice. And I want to just pick up one thing on sacrifices. We're talking about if you're advising couples, you know, how's your life of sacrifice going? And this might be, I mean, I I don't want to get uh, too off topic here, but I'm just wondering if, you know, they talk about the love languages, the different ways that people have of giving and receiving love. And I'm wondering if that's ever come into when it comes into sacrifice that maybe a person in a spouse thinks, you know, I am sacrificing. I'm doing this and this and this and this, but maybe it's just not being received or, or the person is just unaware. Has that ever come up? Well, I think there's two parts to that, Patrick. One part, I think, is definitely the fact that it would be a perfect world if our spouse picked up on every part of our love language. Uh, okay. But we're all imperfect people. And so while that some of that may happen, the other thing that I often tell couples about is advocating. Sometimes you have to go and tell your spouse, this is what I need you to do. This is who I need you to be. Because you could waste a whole bunch of time, you know, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, all those things, wishing and hoping where it would have been much easier just to tell. Now, the other part of that is, is that when that spouse does make that effort, the other spouse needs to remember it and internalize it. Maybe every once in a while gain a refresher and let's face it, you know, not to be stereotypical here, but the fellas, we sometimes can be a little dense and, you know, we do, <laughs> don't necessarily pick up on, on on the signs and symbols as easily. I'm not, uh, you know, uh, listen, there's the 1% of the 1% out there and then there's the rest of male male humanity. So it, it is it is how it is. Uh, yeah. But it's one of those things of 
sometimes like we, we get into these things of, of wanting this perfection, but then we want our spouse also to accept us as imperfect. So we have to, you know, they have to balance that out. So, you know, yeah, you have your love language, you have the way the things that are going to speak to you. Sometimes you have to share with your spouse, remind your spouse of what those things are uh, so that they, they understand those sacrifices that you are making that you want them to make for you. Uh, and then it's also important to internalize once your spouse has made that effort so that you really know that, you know, these are the like the top three, the top five things that mean the most to my spouse. And they have to be important. Yeah. Yeah. And I would also add in there that acknowledgement is huge in that, especially if it's communicated in such a way that it's not the typical way that you receive love. It's still very important to say, hey, I noticed you did this or you said this and I was so touched by that. Thank you. You know, and, yeah. That, uh, yeah, you went out of your way. You made that sacrifice, which is exactly what we've been talking about. All right. So intimacy, sacrifice, and then prayer is what you mm. next said. That that's a great ingredient for a successful marriage. Talk to us about prayer, Father. So in our diocese, at least, and every diocese is a little bit different how they do marriage preparation, but we use the the focus inventory. And it's a great little tool. Uh, you know, it's one of like the most personality indicators, but they ask you all different things in different sections of marriage and, and things to consider. And it's always neat to see how couples, um, you know, respond to that. But one of the things that they ask about in the spirituality and values section is the importance of, of praying for your spouse mm-hmm. and with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, that is one of the biggest things that's neglected. And let's face it, you know, it's not just praying for your spouse of, you know, I wish my spouse would take out the trash. Lord, I uh, just please, Lord, tell my tell my spouse to take out the trash. Lord, help my spouse to take out the trash. You know, yeah, you could pray, pray for that. But how about, you know, praying for your spouse when you know that they're struggling, maybe at work, or when you have that desire for them to love you in a different way, uh, to pray for them that they find that, that that clarity of how to love you or pray how to love them. Pray how to love them in a different way. Pray how to talk to them. We were talking earlier about communication and, you know, how do I go about talking to this person? Well, pray about it first. Discern with the Lord. How would Jesus go and talk to them? You go and talk to them the same way, uh, you know, with that compassionate heart. But so often because of the busyness and, you know, the, all of the excuses that we can make, you're not praying for or with one another. You know, and again, everybody's prayer rhythm is different. So sometimes people get very intimidated for that. But it could be just the fact of, you know what, when you, you can, there is, and we see this depicted in, in movies and TV and stuff like that, when you're sitting there laying in bed with your spouse and you can feel that something's off mm-hmm. and they, and, 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 you know, there's no communication, there's no verbal communication. How beautiful would it be to just even hold that person's hand and to pray just silently in your heart, whether you're praying to our lady or praying to our Lord and ask for, or the Holy family, you know, there's so many different places to go, but to just pray for them, to let them know that you're there because you can find isolation in marriage. And one of the great ways to, to bond that, that every facet within the marriage of communication, prayer is communication. And so it's important to pray with and for your spouse and to also make sure that they're doing the same with and for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, great things. And we'll follow up with more on that. But let's take a phone call now. Daniel calling in from El Central, California. Daniel, thanks for calling in. Good morning. 
Um, my question is, uh, I've been married for over 20 years, and uh, recently uh, I brought to light my uh, addiction to lust. And uh, I'm in recovery now, and I'm receiving counseling, but it seems that like uh, every time we get into an argument, I let my pride get the best of me. And um, maybe even the reason for the argument is my pride, and I don't recognize it until after the argument. And it just seems that, like, I feel like I'm standing up for myself during the argument, but uh, I just, when I reflect on it, I see how my pride just kind of ruined the whole thing. And my question is, you know, what do I do to, to be able to recognize that pride as it's happening, as it's ruining my marriage, and what can I do to put it aside? That's a, a, a beautiful question. And, and first, God bless you. And I'm so glad that you had the courage uh, to go and get the help um, that you need for that struggle with lust that you have. Uh, that is going to be a huge help to you moving forward. But in the same way as you found the, the need to go and get that help for the struggle with lust, it's also this issue. There's also this issue of pride. And so often we can find ourselves reacting to uh the afterwards once we've done what we've done so you look back and you say i was very prideful in the way that i reacted to my spouse but instead of that it's about being proactive and preventative against that struggle and so when you think about okay you know usually it's in the evening when i have you know these conversations with my spouse and then these are what this is when this pride goes you know this pride comes out of me or when i've had a stressful day in work us understanding ourselves then we can have that proactive stance to be able to go and say i need to address this uh in such a way with myself first to say do not get prideful in this conversation just take a step back really understand that the first thing that needs to be the focus between you and your spouse is love. Because if we're other centered and, and our love is propelling us towards that, the focus on ourselves, which is a lot of where pride comes from, isn't, it, it isn't our focus. And so a lot of times it's going into those situations and focusing ourselves on what we're about and also asking the Lord for his assistance. But that's being proactive and preventative. So proactive in wanting to do the good that I know is counteractive to that pride. And so that's the proactive piece. And then preventative against this area of my life that I know is a weakness. And I don't want to fall into that sin. So having that, doing that work in preparation to, or when I see the signs, the red flags go up, just as I'm sure you're learning, you know, about these different facets as the red flags go up with, you know, the struggle with lust, it's the same thing. So we can use a lot of the different things as we learn about ourselves and the things that we need to do to help ourselves that can also be helpful uh, in other areas of our life. Hmm. Daniel, I am touched by your honesty and vulnerability with us too. And I'm sure that that honesty and vulnerability um, has and will continue to um, pave the way for better and better relationships with your wife as well. Thanks for calling in. appreciate that. And one of the things, Father, that Daniel's call brings to mind for me is the, is the whole area of humility. And um, that obviously is a key ingredient to any relationship, but certainly with our spouses. And, uh, and I'm guessing that when we go back to that, that element of sacrifice that you were talking about, that um, for Daniel and all of us who may struggle with pride, when, especially when we get into conflict with our spouse, that those little things of putting the other person first, that will wear away at some of these elements of pride as well, correct? Oh, absolutely. Because honestly, when we have, when we have pride, 
we have, oh, there's too much attention on ourselves. And so when we are directing ourselves in the direction of another, then, you know, at the same time, we don't want to neglect ourselves that we're putting all of our attention on them. Um, but if, if, if we do direct our, our time and energies towards another person, then we aren't going to have enough time to fall into those vices. Sure, sure. And I, uh, going back, this is going way back for me here now, but going back even to some of the counseling that we received going into marriage before my wife and I were married, um, there was this classic advice, which is using the, uh, using the statement of not accusatory, but putting it on, you know, our own, our own selves and saying, um, for instance, like in Daniel's situation, when having an argument with your wife, uh, you know, rather than saying, well, you did this and you did that and you did that, but saying that when you did this, here's how I received it. Something like that be helpful as well? Well, I think, you know, it's very important, especially, you know, for, for both sides, but we, we live in this world where people are pushed to sort of suppress their feelings. And that's not good. Now, it's also not good to just let your feelings go awry. But right. when we, those feeling statements, you know, basically the same thing that you're saying is, this is how I feel. This is how what you said or what you did made me feel. And it gives that opportunity. I'm a huge fan of, uh, of Covey and uh, mm -hmm. that his one point, seek first to understand, then be understood. It's, be, it's having that receptivity of wanting to hear the other person of how they're feeling, how they're seeing this. But then also, again, here comes the mutual piece that they're willing to receive and hear how I feel as well. And if you put that out there, if this is just how I'm feeling, then we can start to get to, okay, how can I you know, validate your feeling? How can you validate my feeling? How can we work through this so that this doesn't happen again? Because that's the other thing. If you get into situations where couples are just white knuckling it of getting, you know, from situation to situation versus internalizing what they've learned so that there's a lasting change, there's a big difference between those two realities. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Daniel, again, thank you for the phone call. Our spiritual director, Daddy Father Alan Hoffa, and he's talking us he's talking us through navigating the conflict in marriage. If you have had conflict in marriage, perhaps you have a question like Daniel did about how to navigate well a conflict a situation that's in your marriage right now. Give us a call, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or maybe you have tips on how to navigate this conflict well. Again, 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Steering our conversation back towards the prayer element of successful marriage, too, Father. Um, uh, prayer is something that it it uh, doesn't necessarily come naturally to a lot of folks in terms of saying, hey, you know, can I pray for you or can we pray this together or something like that? Any advice for couples maybe who haven't been in the habit of praying with one another, maybe not even in a habit of prayer at all, where might be a simple place to start a prayer life together? As you as you go throughout your day, there are tons of times where you think about your spouse. There are tons of times where you think about all of the things that need to be done and accomplished. Just write that stuff down and direct it towards Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's a very simple start. I think sometimes people get very uh, overwhelmed by the reality of prayer. And they immediately get themselves convinced that, you know, I'm not a good prayer and therefore, if I'm not a good prayer for myself or directly to the Lord, how am I going to do this prayer thing with my spouse? Yeah. But again, you're talking with your spouse, hopefully all the time on a regular basis. You're communicating with them. There's things that are going through in your mind. You know what? 
I have to get home and I have to do this, this, and this. And, you know, it, it comes from a place of love for my spouse. Okay. So when you feel all of those things that are going on, when you feel those, those weights, those troubles, when you have those joys and those happinesses, just take it to God. And it's, that's the thing under understanding that I think, I think that's the big piece is understanding that he is the source of all blessing and he is the source of all solutions. Then that becomes, oh, well, then it makes sense to take it to him. But if we don't see the value in taking it to the Lord, well, then it's going to be a hardship to really see the value in, in that prayer life. But when we see the, the results of that prayer life and how easy it is, I, you know, I go uh, different things in my diocese. I'm going to be doing a, a coaches clinic, for instance, uh, coming up for our CYO coaches. And, you know, we have, you know, men and women who are husbands and wives, mothers and fathers. And I say to them, you know, when you go, you should be praying all the time with your team. And I'm not talking about just quick rattling off a rote prayer like an Our Father or Hail Mary. But you, if you're stuck on what to say, just look at all the things that you're thinking. If your team is having a problem, you know, shooting layups, pray for pray for better layups. If they're having problems <laughs> yep. coming together for, for, as, as a team, pray for greater team unity. Direct yeah. it to the Lord. You already know what the things are on your plate. Direct it to the Lord. Don't only direct the, th the the things that you're happy for. Lord, thank you for this win. Thank you for the fact that we're here. Thank you for the fact that everybody's here and that they're healthy and they're able to participate. Well, the same thing goes with marriage. Lord, thank you for the, for the gift that we've both, you know, woken up together. Don't, yeah. don't, don't force that to be part of your prayer. Once someone you knew who was your own age passed away unexpectedly and now their spouse is a widow or a widower. You know, be thankful for your spouse now, not only necessitated by hardship, but it's all of those things of, I always go back to the simple acronym for uh, prayer, ACTS, ACTS, Adoration, Contrition, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. Simple thing, you know, those simple guide points, but how do then I turn it into, I already know what's going on in my marriage. I, at least, I, I relatively so, take that to Jesus. Don't be overwhelmed by that has to be this perfect prayer or, you know, you don't know what to say. You know what to say. You're thinking it all day long. Just turn it towards God and let him be a partner in the solution or, you know, aim the gratitude towards him so that you know to go back to him. All of those things are simple things to do. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Appreciate that. We're talking about navigating the conflict in marriage today here in on The Inner Life with our spiritual director, Father Alan Hoffa. If you have a question about navigating a specific conflict that you has arisen in your marriage, give us a call at 888-914-9149. Or again, if you have tips to share about ways that you have navigated conflict in your marriage in times past and, and you've, the fruit that you've seen from that, We'd love to take your call at 888-914-9149 or an email from you at innerlife at relevantradio.com. Got more coming your way of the inner life and more navigating the conflict of marriage when we return, which will be after this short break. So stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at RelevantRadio.com slash quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Engus are on the phones for us today. And I think you know this, but in November, 
The whole church celebrates the lives of our friends and family who have passed and pray for their entry into the kingdom of heaven. So we ask you to join your relevant radio family in prayer as we offer a novena for these holy souls. And you can submit up to 20 names. I did that just uh, just last night. 20 names of your departed loved ones at relevantradio.com slash souls. Again, that's relevantradio.com slash souls. And here's what will happen. You'll receive reflections from Father Rocky each day of the novena to help you enter more deeply into prayer. So you do it. Encourage your friends and family to do it, to add their loved ones, and then join us throughout the day for the novena, November 2nd through 10th, during Daily Mass, the live stream Divine Mercy Chaplet, and the Family Rosary Across America right here on Relevant Radio. And just a reminder one more time that if you uh, haven't already heard today, the U.S. bishops have and the heads of churches in the Holy Land invite all people to a day of prayer and fasting for peace in the Holy Land as war continues to tear up that nation. So please, let's do that. Our spiritual director is Father Alan Hoffa, and we are talking about navigating the conflict in marriage. Let's take a phone call, Father Alan, and we we will go to Tim calling in from Ohio. Tim, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi. Um, So my question is, um, or the challenge I'm having is that... uh, um, my my wife and I have a disagreement on you know sort of openness to life at this stage in our marriage. Um, we have children, but um, she's not as open to the idea of having more children, and that puts us in a situation where we may fall into sin, and we you know have fallen into sin. Um, and then furthermore, there's sort of disagreements around you know and, and arguments about you know how to deal with that confession. You know, living uh, so it's a it's a challenge, and I'm just looking for some advice on how to deal with that difficult situation. You know, each each situation and every marriage is different. And a lot of times when a person comes to a, a conclusion like that, there's a lot behind that reality. Uh, what What is it that's happened to get to this point where she feels that way? What are the dynamics, you know? And there's there's a there's so many different things, and a person you may return that question. Them, well, why not? Because you are also feeling the struggle on one side of all of the you know, of the sin of falling into sin because of you know not, her not wanting to conceive and you know still wanting that physical intimacy, uh, that unitive act between the two of you that isn't so unitive because of not wanting to you know ha- her not wanting to have children. So I, I think the first step is. Is understanding why she feels that way and then seeing if there can be resolution to why she feels that way about one not wanting to have children um and like i said there's so many different things you know for, for some women we know that there's you know struggles uh with postpartum depression uh for some women um you know there's uh you know there's their reproductive issues and there's also issues uh with their you know reproductive organs etc um, there's issues of, you know, just fears and trepidations could be, you know, financial, or it could be, you know, just the, uh, you know, the weight that she's feeling of, you know, another child and, you know, child, ch- child rearing and, and all of those things. So I think the big thing there is understanding that because w- w- the world does offer us a, a, a life of that lacks responsibility because we can do all of these things to, you know, get around or, or to circumvent what the church, what God asks of us. But that's not really getting to the core issue and the reality of the struggle. And so when we're able to understand the root issue within a person's struggle of why they do, or for in this case, why your wife doesn't want to have more children uh, and to be open to life, 
um, that's going to solve a, a, a host of other things, not just that one issue, but you're going to find what that root issue is and, and pray God that in understanding that, then there can be healthy communication between the two of you and a healthy solution that is virtuous uh, and doesn't lead you into sin. Mm. Tim, is that helpful to you? Is that uh, something that you've you've uh, tried or seen before? Do you understand uh, where your wife is coming from and her feelings that way? I mean, we've we've talked about. It. I think we both. I mean, on some level, I totally understand where she's coming from, and I too. We we both. You know, we have children. It's a lot of work, and and it's not just that. We. I mean, I understand. There's you know many factors involved. And we've talked about it. I think it's more the challenges falling, you know, having these occasions of sin then, you know, because we can make that decision to say, well, let's abstain. Let's not, you know, do, you know, we, we, maybe it's not the right time to have children. That's a decision we can make as a couple. But then, um, I think also it's, you know, how do we both see eye to eye on let's, let's really try to avoid these occasions of sin. Let's figure out how to do this in a way that's a holy, um, you know, as you said, virtuous way. I, I think in choosing that, just making that decision. Uh, so that's the struggle is, is really kind of, I think part of it is <clears throat> for me, it's like, if I, if we, if we fall, I, I, I immediately want to go to confession and I, I feel guilty and, and terrible. I think she has a different idea about this in terms of, I, I mean, I don't think she's a bad person or anything like that, but I mean, um, I would like it if we were seeing eye to eye more on this, you know, the, the, how important it is that we don't fall into sin, you know, um, keeping in mind that, um, you know, it's, What's important is that we, we, you know, she goes to heaven, I go to heaven, right? We don't, we don't want to damn ourselves. So, um, I, you know, I've tried praying and I I do pray. I do. Um, and I, I, I I don't know. So I I appreciate your prayers. I think it's, uh, one of those things we just need to buckle down on, I guess, but yeah. Tim, can I ask, have you, um, have you and your wife, uh, looked into our, throughout your marriage, have you practiced NFP? We, we we basically do, um, but there's periods where we you know made we slipped up that you know if, if, you know so that's where the struggle yeah. is, is kind of um, exactly and, she's been very, and, and that was, was sacrificial in that nature she's she's that was something she wasn't totally comfortable with at first but she's you know so I God bless her for that you know um, and but at the same time I I just I feel like we have these you know um, this is something that's dangerous for our soul so. Uh, anyway, uh, I guess it's more fortitude that we need. Yeah, I think one of the big things that uh, that I always pull out with NFP is it really relies upon you know communication, um, and just that you know getting to those deeper levels of of why a person's feeling this way. Um, and also, like you said, on that area of, you know, you feel that guilt immediately, you know, when sin has occurred and she hasn't, um, and just understanding like, what is that sort of that, that freeness to, you know, sort of remain in sin, um, versus there, that same energy that could be, you know, given to that, that freeness could also be directed into the discipline of, you know, wanting to express yourselves, uh, express love to one another, but at the same time knowing that because of the discernment that the two of you have had, that there's, you know, the right times and the wrong times to be able to do that as well. Yeah, indeed. Well, thank you, Father, for that. Tim, thank you for the phone call. Thanks again for your honesty there, too. And yes, you asked for our prayers. You do have them. You will definitely uh, have our prayers and the prayers of all the listeners as well. Um, as you continue this, and I and I appreciate your dedication to your marriage. I think that that's uh, that's something that uh, will indeed carry you far along the journey as well. 
Let's uh, let's squeeze in one more phone call. We've got Audrey calling in from Long Beach, California. Good morning, Audrey. Just a few minutes left, but uh, yeah, well, thanks for calling into the Inner Life. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Okay, I'll try and make it uh, quick because I really need an answer. Um, I am married. My husband brought my brother from New York to live with us. They're both retired. They stay in the home together. Uh, I work, but either way, they get into squabbles. And then when I come home, it's I get the burden of it from both sides. Uh, I feel in my marriage that my husband should acquiesce and not, he bullies my brother, that's it, let's just call it what it is, and um, I've talked to him about it, but uh, you, you had a caller before about pride, his pride gets in the way, he gets more angry, it just gets worse, so I don't know what to do about it. I pray on it, but um, so far it just keeps getting worse. So is there is there established necessity that the only option that your brother has is to be with you at this time? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Okay. All right. So one of the yeah, that that's a, a very difficult one because, you know, it, it you know, it, it's almost like you're you're coming home mom mom's going to a full day of work and then she has to come home and deal with the boys who've been uh, you know, fighting with one, one another um and like you said if they're if they're retired um at this point and uh, you know, there's all that time on their hands. I, I think you know, the the big thing would be is just to uh, one of the things would be to find the constructive things um, to be able to do to put uh, to put it sounds almost sounds like there's there's a buildup of energy and they're not dispensing it in, in healthy ways. So left, like you said, if the, if your husband's sort of being like a bully, you know, go and 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 do things, you know, be productive, you know, with your lives, uh, go either f- doing things separately or doing things together. Uh, but oftentimes, you know, the, the as the as the saying goes, the idle mind is the devil's playground. Um, you know, if if they're not finding things to sort of you know get their get their energy out to you know function during the day, and again, I'm just taking not knowing the, all the ins and outs of, of the relationship, but it could be you know something helpful there to be able to encourage them to do those things that is going to sort of get the get the energy out of their system, you know, do things that can bring them closer together in unity versus this constant, you know, stirring of disunity that then you have to come home and are you know obviously affected by. Hmm. Yeah, thank you Audrey. Thanks for the thanks for the the phone call in and presenting the situation. We're grateful for that. Sorry we don't have more time to uh, to engage with that, but uh, we will be praying for you as well in this uh, in this relationship and navigating that specifically. Father, just a little less than a minute before we ask for your blessing, but I know that uh, you work also with Integrity Restored, and I know that pornography has a, a huge influence on creating conflict within marriage for men and a growing number of women as well. So do you, do you want to talk just a little bit about that? Yeah, I, you know, it just, it's been a huge part of my ministry and uh, so blessed to be in that field. And there's so many more, there's so many new nuances that are coming out uh, in regards to this issue. And my big encouragement is that, you know, we can either sit back and admire whether it's that struggle or whatever the struggles our couples are having in marriages, or we can do something about it. And the blessing is, is that Every day, the church is, is finding new and, and better ways to be able to assist the faithful with all of the struggles. And at Integrity Restored, we look at every facet. We look at those um, who are using, those affected by the use of betrayal trauma, helping them to heal in the trauma, 
Um, so, uh, you know, with that and with other things, seek the church because we're here to bring Christ into the lives of our married couples, especially, uh, you know, in this regard when they're hurting and to be able to resolve that conflict, especially in the way that Christ would. Mm, amen. Check it out at integrityrestored.com. Oh, Father, we need a blessing from you, if you would. Father in heaven, we ask your choice blessings upon all who have listened today upon all who this will all this recording and and this moment will touch we also ask your blessings on all married couples that they will continue to foster intimacy uh, sacrifice and prayer between them so that their marriage may reflect the love that you have for the church and we make this with the blessing of almighty god the father the son and the holy spirit Amen. amen